DPP lawmakers are calling out Beijing for intervening in Taiwan's upcoming elections. According to DPP caucus Secretary General Zhuang Reixiong, Taiwan nationals in China are being offered discounted flights so that they can go home to vote in January. Most Taiwanese working in China are believed to be supporters of the pro-China KMT. In addition, China is working to sway voters already in Taiwan by disseminating anti-U.S. pro-China content on social media. Reports also suggest that China has reached out to pro-KMT pundits and posters, inviting them to produce content that can direct public opinion. The DPP Legislative Caucus held a press conference on Wednesday condemning China's Association of Taiwan Investment Enterprises on the mainland. The association is offering discounted tickets from 10 Chinese airlines to encourage Taiwanese nationals to return home for the presidential election. We're having elections again, and China is once again offering discounted tickets at about 40% off. If you want to go back to vote on a cheaper flight, the CCP has you covered. Every time there are elections in Taiwan, China resorts to its usual ploys. It's all trickery and deceit. The lawmaker also condemned China for its cognitive warfare campaign. According to Mirror Media, a Taiwan politics program produced by Fujian Straits TV is funded by China's Taiwan Affairs Office. The program allegedly pays participants a high fee of 20,000 NT per 20-minute episode. Lawmakers warn that even shows produced in Taiwan are being used for cognitive warfare. We have seen a lot of short clips that originate from pro-KMT political talk shows. They take some excerpts and broadcast them on Phoenix TV. Then that gets cut into short videos that later get shown to Taiwanese viewers through TikTok, Facebook or Line. I think everyone can see very clearly the impact that this can have on Taiwan's elections. These videos re-edited by Chinese media outlets are circulated on many media platforms. Their content conveys pro-China and anti-U.S. sentiments, promotes support of a KMT-TPP alliance, and attempts to instill fear of war. To further their agenda, the CCP's propaganda department and units under the Taiwan Affairs Office have reportedly reached out to pro-KMT pundits, retired officials and pollsters, bringing them to panels in China and inviting them to collaborate. Through disinformation and manipulation, China is trying to shape the narrative on peace and war. China is also working with polling agencies to fabricate polls that they can disseminate to intervene in the election. From pundits to pollsters, China is believed to be leveraging Taiwan's own people to wage a cognitive war. With election day fast approaching, the tactics are only expected to escalate. Japan's de facto ambassador to Taiwan, Izumi Hiroyasu, paid a visit to FTV's headquarters on Wednesday. The diplomat was shown the latest tech in television broadcasting. He also stopped to chat with FTV reporters about his time in Taiwan. After four years as Japan's envoy, Izumi is set to retire in November. He says that he has a deep appreciation for the country, stressing that Taiwan and Japan have grown considerably closer over the years. Japan's de facto ambassador to Taiwan, Izumi Hiroyasu, visited FTV's headquarters on Wednesday. He was welcomed by FTV general manager Liao Jifang, who led a tour of FTV's new virtual studio. 
Izumi experienced the studio's state-of-the-art screen, which showcased events he attended during his tenure. Izumi was visibly touched. <laughs> I like everything about Taiwan, really. It's just like how Taiwanese people like everything when they go to Japan. It's very regrettable that President Lee Deng-hui passed away. When I decided to come to Taiwan, I was really looking forward to meeting him and chatting with him. There were many questions I wanted to ask him, but I have lost that chance forever. Izumi said his biggest regret was missing out on meeting former President Lee Deng-hui. Even so, over the past four years, Taiwan-Japan ties have flourished despite the pandemic and geopolitical shifts. For Japan, having the friendship of a country like Taiwan is a joy. Although we don't have official diplomatic ties, I feel like our relationship is even better than that between diplomatic allies. Izumi said that the late Abe Shinzo's statement that a Taiwan emergency is a Japanese emergency had raised awareness in Japan about security issues in the Taiwan Strait. With the end of his term drawing close, Izumi expressed one regret, that he won't be able to facilitate Taiwan's entry to the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership. I have always wanted to help Taiwan join the CPTPP because the CPTPP is very important for the future of Taiwan. Izumi is set to step down in November and return to Japan. He said that Taiwan, his last assignment as a diplomat, has been a remarkable closing chapter. TSMC recently abandoned plans to build a one-nanometer plant at Taoyuan's Longtan Science Park. The decision has sparked a race among local governments to court the semiconductor giant. Leading the charge for Tainan is Mayor Huang Weizhe. At a Wednesday press conference, the mayor made a case for Tainan as the best place to, for TSMC to set up shop. Let's hear from him. Why? Because we are the best prepared. Our land, our usable land, our water, electricity, transport and urban amenities are all ideal. So for TSMC, we are an outstanding foundation on which to build, especially since Tainan already hosts TSMC's 5 nanometer and 3 nanometer advanced processes, we already have a very good starting point. We hope that when TSMC plans its next steps, it will give Tainan priority consideration. We have an abundance of resources, whether it's land, our ability to supply water and electricity, and most importantly, our ability to supply green energy in line with global trends. TSMC should think about Tainan when making its preparations. Besides Tainan Science Park, TSMC may also explore sites like the New Taipei Industrial Park and Qigu Technology Industrial Park, which are both expanding fast. In the war to woo TSMC, Tainan hopes to edge out its rivals by being the best prepared. The Speaker of the Lithuanian's Parliament, Victoria Chimilite Nielsen, visited the Liuja campus of the Industrial Technology Research Institute on Tuesday. She and her delegation inspected the ultra-fast Laser Technology Research and Innovation Center, which was established by ITRI and Lithuania. During the tour, Chimilite Nielsen praised the quick completion of the joint project. She also expressed hope that her Taiwan visit will be an important step toward further bilateral collaboration. He, he actually was on the same train. <laughs> 
Lithuania's parliamentary delegation has arrived for a tour of the ultra-fast laser technology research and innovation center located on Itri's Liuja campus in Tainan. Lithuania's high-power femtosecond laser sources play a pivotal role in the global industry due to their high stability and fast speed. This September, Lithuania teamed up with Itri to establish the ultra-fast laser technology research and innovation center. During their visit to Taiwan, the delegation arranged a trip to Tainan to see the fruits of the collaboration. Uh, new technologies and uh, lasers, uh, as I said, is one of our specialties, but of course there are so many more uh, to so many more areas to launch and I hope that my visit here in uh, Taiwan generally with mo the business delegation will also serve as an important step in that direction. Itri's Liuja campus is a key R&D base for Taiwan's laser technology and it's continually strengthened its international links in recent years. Following the launch of the Laser Center, numerous domestic companies have inquired about collaboration opportunities. In this partnership, our strengths complement each other. In the future, we can carry out our roles independently. This southern branch of Itri can be used as a point of entry to Taiwanese industries as well as the international market. Taiwan and Lithuania have maintained warm ties in recent years. Through the parliamentary delegation's visit, that friendship has continued to deepen. I think it's a standard win-win-win scenario. Lithuania gets the trust of its customers and Taiwan gets world-leading technology. More importantly, Itri and other R&D institutions in the South get more opportunities for international collaboration. The delegation also toured the 3D printing lab at Itri's southern base, focusing on the design and manufacturing processes of metal 3D printing. The group said it looked forward to collaborating more in the future to achieve mutual benefits across industries. Fall is well underway and one forest in Ilan is blessed with stunning golden foliage. The Taiwan Beach Trail in Taiping Shan National Forest turns golden due to the battering of northeast monsoon winds. Hikers make pilgrimage to the trail to enjoy the spectacular display. But the local forestry bureau has put traffic controls in place to ensure the trail is protected from too many tourists. A ray of sunlight peeks through the canopy. This forest path looks normal enough, but keep going and you'll come to something extraordinary. This is the Taiwan Beach Trail in Taiping Shan National Forest Recreation Area. As the seasons change here in Ilan, the beech trees gradually turn a stunning golden yellow. Every fall, because of the northeast monsoon, its green leaves turn golden yellow and in so doing, form a beautiful forest landscape of golden foliage. About 30% of the beaches turn yellow, but at the very end of the trail, at the platform at about 3,800 meters above sea level, the beaches right there are so yellow and beautiful. Some hikers come across yellow-throated martins scampering across the path, along with many other delightful wild animals. The Taiwan Beach Trail is 3.8 kilometers long, and it takes about three hours to walk to the end and back. As we head into deep fall, fog and rain are very likely, and there are steep slopes along the sides of the trail. Hikers are urged to consider their own fitness levels and put safety first. At the start, the path is flat, but further on you go downhill, yes. So young people sometimes keep on going down and they don't realize how tough it is. Coming back up, it's harder. 
but the whole route is really invigorating. Taipingshan National Forest Recreation Area has implemented temporary traffic controls. On weekends before November 12th, Cuifeng Scenic Road leading to the beach trail will have a daily limit of 200 cars allowed in each day. Award-winning director Ho Xiaoxian is halting his career due to Alzheimer's. According to his family, Ho was diagnosed with Alzheimer's some time ago, and his condition worsened after he contracted COVID. Due to his health complications, he has suspended all work projects to focus on rest and recovery. The news has sent shockwaves through the film industry. Director Ho's influence on Taiwan's film legacy is tremendous. This happens to be the 60th year of the Golden Horse Awards. At this time, let us all come together in care and concern and offer up our good wishes. When I heard the news, I was stunned. I want the director to be well, because he is such an important figure in the film world. I very much wish for him to continue his craft. Of course, I also feel that the thing I want most for him is good health. I have always felt that he is a very warm person and industry luminary. He's always exuded positive energy, so I want things to go well for him. The 76-year-old Ho is a three-time Golden Horse Award winner for Best Director. Throughout his career, he's played a key role in introducing Taiwan to global audiences. His works include A City of Sadness, which won the Golden Lion Award at the 1989 Venice Film Festival. His masterpiece, The Puppet Master, won the jury prize at the 1993 Cannes Film Festival. In 2015, he was crowned Best Director at Cannes for his Usha film, The Assassin. Egg prices have dropped by 2NT a caddy due to weakening market demand. The lower price came into effect on Tuesday, taking the wholesale price to 53.5 NT per caddy. The farm gate price now stands at 43.5 NT. According to egg traders, recent scandals involving imported eggs have damaged consumer confidence, weakening demand even for domestic eggs. Spring onion omelettes pile up high on the plate. On the side, it's a glistening plate of scrambled eggs with carrots and garlic chives. At this cafeteria, eggs are prominently featured, thanks to a price cut of 2 NT per catty. The farm gate price is now 43.5 NT per catty, while the wholesale price is 53.5 NT. Our egg supply is very stable. All the eggs are produced in Taiwan. Taiwan's egg shortage has resolved. Over at this grocery store, a shopper stocks up on the dietary staple. When informed of the 2NT price cut, she says it's nothing to get excited about. Eggs are still very expensive. I wonder if they'll go back to 40NT per caddy or down to the 30s. We sell Taiwan eggs, not imported eggs. Customers say imported eggs aren't as good because they're older. The shipping alone takes several days. Many shoppers say they prefer eggs laid in Taiwan, amid a wave of scandals involving imported eggs. Issues have ranged from mislabeled expiry dates and countries of origin to reports of spoiled eggs getting sold, damaging consumer confidence. That, along with the suspended use of liquid eggs in some schools and the military, has weakened the demand for eggs, driving down prices. <laughs> We respect market mechanisms, but it is regrettable that consumers still have concerns about imported eggs, which has affected sales of domestically produced eggs. Our eggs are absolutely safe to eat. 
be they domestic or imported. Amid concerns that the declining egg sales would affect farmers' livelihoods, the Ministry of Agriculture assured the public that all eggs on the market are safe. It called on the counties and cities that still ban liquid eggs to reconsider so that students can enjoy eggs at school once again. Today we take you to meet prominent Taiwanese fashion designer Ray Chu, who is showcasing his spring and summer collection at this year's Taipei Fashion Week. Chu has designed red carpet gowns for several celebrities, including singer Karen Sisi. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang spoke to Chu to find out how he managed to succeed in such a competitive industry. Models strut the catwalk wearing Ray Chu's designs. Chu's designs have been inspired by the sea and manta rays. The pieces were made out of recyclable materials, such as fish scales. Manta ray represents like being courageous and bold, and it echoes the value of the brand. The material we use like a, is from like recycled fish scales, so it's actually kind of like linked, tied it together with the inspiration and the collection. We don't really use uh, uh, synthetic fabric anymore. Like for this collection, 80% of the, uh, the pieces or the fabrics that we use like from natural fiber. Before pursuing fashion design, Chu majored in English language early childhood education in college. After graduation, he decided to try out a different field and pursued a master's in fashion design at Shijian University. In a span of just five years, he made a name for himself in the fashion industry through his courage and hard work. Chu founded his own brand in 2016. He has showcased his works at London Fashion Week, Shanghai Fashion Week, and Taipei Fashion Week. Previously, well, I was an English teacher and jumping into this like, whole new uh, career as a designer, of course, there was like a long process, like learning how to sew and do patterns and making garments, right? Uh, actually, it took like three years for me to like actually execute uh, to be able to fully process all this, um, but I overcame it. The advice I would like to uh, provide uh, to everyone who want to change careers, uh, like, like for example, take me for example, like I have a goal and I want to achieve it and I'll find a way to achieve it. Uh, and of course, being smart and patient is quite important. Chu has also designed red carpet gowns for several celebrities which has won worn by singer Karen Sisi at the Golden Melody Awards. The red carpet for her for the GMA Awards. And also we did uh, the whole like uh, tailored uh, pieces for uh, some other actors in Taiwan as well. One of our goals is like, to, to be able to make the whole collection 100% uh, sustainable or natural fibers. But of course, it's a long process as well. As like there are still some techniques we need to uh, work on for sure. But we are gradually moving into that. Chu hopes to continue to develop sustainable designs for his patrons and also expand his stores internationally. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Dai Yaluen in Taipei. Coriander is a favorite herb in Taiwan, although it can be a polarizing taste. It's often added to classic Taiwanese street foods like guabao buns and oyster noodles. Today we check out a Japanese burger restaurant where coriander has taken over a whole burger. It's the fruit of a collaboration between the restaurant and local farmers. But does the green stuff hit the spot for customers? Reactions are mixed. A big chicken leg cutlet goes in the deep fryer, 
A grilled bun is spread with butter and topped with lettuce, but the soul of the dish is yet to come. The burger is filled to the brim with coriander. Its aroma hits the nostrils long before it's in your mouth. The restaurant is working with small local farmers to create this coriander-rific chicken leg burger. We have a long-term collaboration with organic farm producers. They take great care of the coriander. We wanted to integrate it into a Chinese-style dish. Everyone loves the coriander, actually. It's a creative take on the Japanese burger template. Some customers say they can handle a sprig of coriander, but they retreat from a huge mountain like this. I can manage the smell, but I don't like eating it. So when I see that whole bowl of it, I think I would discount it as an option. Young people hate it, but we don't. People our age really love coriander, and burgers made with it. It's the same with typical steamed dumplings. It's not the first time we've seen coriander take over a burger. A pizza parlor also filled a dish with enough sweet taro to hide the other toppings. Now, coriander burgers are back on the agenda. Love it or hate it. Table tennis star Ling Mingru has swept the national games in Tainan, winning four gold medals. After securing golds in the team event, the men's doubles and mixed doubles, the 22-year-old Ilan native continued his streak in men's singles. In Wednesday's final, he defeated his Asian Games teammate Huang Yancheng in straight sets. It was his fourth goal at this year's Games and his third-ever men's singles title. In each of the last two national games, Lin won three golds and a silver, missing out on the team gold each time. This time around, he's become the first player in history to win four table tennis golds. Lin now holds 12 gold medals from the National Games. With the competition over, Lin will head next to Germany for the WTT Champions Frankfurt.